Welcome back into the mental game where this week's guest is former NFL star Chad Johnson. It's weird. We, we put the value in some of the, the monetary value things or the accessories that really hold no true value because the true value is just you in itself. And in this episode, Chad opens up about his NFL career, playing for the Bengals, his touchdown celebrations, trash talking, and a whole lot more. But this was actually a live podcast at the Kroger Wellness Festival, and we called it Fully Present Living. We talked with Chad and also Chris Marshall, who owns Sands Bar, a sober bar, about living fully present in the moment, but also sobriety. Chad has never drank alcohol in his life, so we talked to Chad about what it's been like to be sober, living fully present in the moment, and both his football career and his personal life. This was an amazing conversation, and I can't wait to share it with all of you. But once again, if you're loving the mental game, please like, subscribe, rate, review, tell your family, tell your friends, as we try to help as many people as possible with their mental health. But now it is time for the latest episode of The Mental Game, a special live edition from the Kroger Wellness Festival with Chad Johnson. Thank you guys all for coming out. We got a big crowd out here. Obviously, Ocho, appreciate you coming out. This is something you care deeply about. The topic itself, being fully present, and um, it's something that I think everybody needs to take accountability for and think about. Um, but for you, it's something you focused on your whole life. Why did you want to make that such a concern for you to be in the moment so much? I think being in the moment is very important based on what you're trying to do in life. I think everybody has to understand what your short-term goals are and what your long-term goals are. And once you're able to accomplish being in that moment, the short-term stuff becomes easy. And once you make the short-term stuff a habit, then everything long-term becomes routine. And that's, that's the hard part. But until you learn to be in the moment and have some type of structure and discipline, you'll never reach what you want to. Yeah, and, and one thing for you, and we talk about living in, fully present in the moment, never had a sip of alcohol, no. never, never tried any drugs. No. Why was that something you were conscious of to never even step in that atmosphere? Because for a lot of athletes, stars, celebrities, they can get lost in that space. Well, the first part is I'm extremely cheap. And <laughs> that McDonald's dollar yeah, menu, yeah, baby. That too. And when you, look at the, when you look at the price of alcohol, it's expensive, for one. And growing up, um, I mean, I can tell, since we family, I can tell you guys, growing up, my mom was an alcoholic, and she drank extremely heavy. And seeing her become someone I didn't even recognize when she was consumed with alcohol is probably one of the reasons why I stayed away from it as, a, as I was younger. So once I grew up, I just shied away from it, even though I was in, in atmospheres when it usually catches you in high school yeah. and usually catches you in college. But I would just fake it when I would go out with friends and I would have Red Bull and cranberry juice with a little lime on, on the side and that, that was enough for me. But I just I can't do alcohol, it's, it's too, exp it's too expens expensive. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, for me, my, my personal story a little bit, I just quit drinking about seven months ago. Just personal choice, thank you guys. Um, you just, you have experiences and everyone has a story of why they abstain from alcohol or, or don't do that. Um, and, and for you, Chris, um, you have a similar story to me as to why you founded Sands Bar. And I think it's just really powerful. So if you don't mind sharing how you got into this space, uh, because you're on your sober journey as well. Yeah, well, uh, I stopped drinking uh, when I was 23 years old. I definitely struggled with alcohol. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I struggled with alcohol all through high school and college and uh, found myself isolated and alone because of my alcohol use. And that, just, that was what got me into counseling, mm -hmm. became a counselor. And when I was working with people, I realized that 
alcohol was taking people out of the moment that they wanted to be in. They wanted to be with people, they wanted to celebrate, they wanted connection, they wanted to party, but they weren't really present. And I wanted to create a space where people could have a place to be fully present, and that's what Sands Bar is. It's the first alcohol-free bar in North America, and every time we're open, people make those real heart-to-heart connections, which I think are so important. Something that I've noticed, and I'm sure you two can both speak on it too, those same friends that you had and your teammates with the Bengals, you might go out to the club and have a good time with them, but they're not looking at you any different because you're not drinking. No, no. I mean, they, I mean everyone has their own thing. We're all different. We all have different personalities, different things we're into. Um, but it has nothing to do once we're outside that building. Whoever you are, you're able to be yourself and just be free. Yeah, and for you being fully present in the moment also meant on the field. I would say you're the king of touchdown celebrations. I think you guys could agree with that one. This weekend, you are going into the Bengals' ring of honor. Yes, sir. Which will be a big moment on Monday Night Football. Give it up for Chad for that. Being able to come back and experience that this weekend mm-hmm. and live in this moment where, where you've had a legacy mm-hmm. in this city. Yeah. I, I know when you fly in, you still get picked up an Uber, go straight to McDonald's in Covington, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then get to the hotel and do whatever you're doing in town. But to be able to experience this big weekend with the people that – I think I can say this for you. You love the most out here in Cincinnati. Yeah. How, how special is that? Man, it's really special. Obviously, um, I've done the best I could when I was here in embracing the city, and then the city braced me back. But making us re- relevant at, in, some, in some way during my playing days, obviously the, the main goal was to win a Lombardi. I wasn't able to do that, but I, I tried to do is, is make it fun mm-hmm. for everybody and give some you know, people to brag about. And um, it really hadn't hit me yet. Yeah. Monday night and what's going on, it really hadn't hit me yet. I think yeah, I won't understand it until that moment happens inside. Are you a big emotional guy? Will you tear up, you think, at halftime when that happens? I mean, I haven't cried since, um, since, Bam- I haven't, since Bambi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bambi, that's the last time I cried. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. There's an over, over with my friend. We have an over-under whether I cry or not. So. All right. Well, you're not going to share that with us because that would sway no. the line in Vegas. Right. Um, I'll ask both of you guys this. It's, when it comes to living fully present, it's, we talked about it a little bit before, but you're not worried what other people think of you. And I think when it comes to mental health or living fully present, that is a big thing, not worrying what the outside world or even what your family and friends think of you. It, it matters what's important to you. Um, I'll ask you first, Chad, then get to you, Chris. But why has self-image and, and worrying about what other people think of you never mattered to you? Um, the, I think I was a people pleaser early on in my career. Yeah. Probably like, like year one, I wanted to do everything right. I wanted to make everybody happy. And when I understood that it was almost impossible to please everybody, I think year two, from that point on, I just didn't give a you-know-what. You yeah. know? And I just continued to be myself. Um, and I felt, I felt free. And there's nothing better than feeling free and not caring what anybody thinks, especially people that aren't feeding. They're not feeding you. Yeah. You know, they're not, not paying, paying you. you. You know, so um, and that's it. I mean, it depends on, also depends on what you do professionally. Yeah. You know, your image is everything. But based on what I was doing, it really didn't matter. Yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. And Chris, for you, I mean, 23 years old, that's, I think, for a lot of us can relate. That's probably your prime of going out, having fun, the nightlife. Um, how did you not let that that thoughts of what people thought of you get to you and just, you know, stay true to being sober and and achieving that goal. Yeah. I mean, for me, sobriety is a superpower to be able to live in a world that's obsessed with alcohol and not drink uh, is strength for me. And I found my community. I connected with other people who did not drink and it changed everything for me. 
Yeah, it's super powerful. Um, we have talking points here. I, I know, Chad, you're not one to go by the script very often, so I'm going to flip it a little bit here. Um, living in the moment, for you, your first two years meant living inside what was Paul Brown Stadium? Yeah, in the stadium. Yeah, You can see your house from here. Yeah, I can. Uh, I can. What was that like? How did, how did that go? No one just checked in the players' lounge. You know, I've been in there covering the team for five yeah. years, so cafeteria looks a little bit nicer than it did mm -hmm. back then, but... Mm -hmm. You, uh, yeah, those first two years, you're you're staying up in there. Yeah, it, did, it didn't make any sense. Obviously, <laughs> um, my frugalness, for that matter, started when I was younger. And once I got here, I remember I got here. I don't remember the actual date, but I got drafted. I had to come in the following day. Yeah. I, I went around, looked at places, and I saw the, the, the prices of, of the rent or buying a house. And then I went to the stadium. I went inside the stadium, and it made no sense in renting a house when everything, all the amenities that I would yeah. have at a place were inside the stadium, you know, shower. Uh, video game system, TV, um, cafeteria, even yeah. back then, food. So there was really no need to, to rent a place or buy a place. And obviously, when year three got here, Marvin made me move. <laughs> Your teammates, though, didn't question it at all? They're like, that's just Chad being Chad? No, it was just, it was just me. I was, I was submerged in everything football. Well, it has, you know, it paid off, obviously. You had one of the best careers in NFL history, a wide receiver, uh, Jamar might give you a little bit of a run for your money. Yeah, if there's somebody that's going to do it, he's, it's okay. How fun has it been watching that trio of wide receivers here, living, mm -hmm. living their best life along mm -hmm. with Joey B? I mean, they have that perfect formula where year mm -hmm. two for Joe and year one for Jamar, they're in that AFC title game going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, the fun thing, I mean, I think the good thing about Jamar and Joe is they, they still have that chemistry from college. That yeah. chemistry from college, you know, gave them an advantage once they got to the NFL and the fact that they ended up on the same team, it was perfect. So that connection or their Wi-Fi has been, they hit the ground running right away. Um, I'm excited for them. I'm excited for Monday night. And, you know, people that are fans, you know, oh, my God, the Bengals are 0-2. We started 0-2 every year. Yep. We started 0-2 every year to give everybody else an advantage. And then, you know, the cream always rises to the top. Yeah, yeah, it does. I, uh... Let's move on throughout your career and also, Chris, your life, and we've touched on this with a sobriety. Did that, how tempted were you throughout your career? Was there something, I think I heard you tell a story uh, from your childhood with your grandma and your grandmother, not, not wanting um, her to see you, know, you maybe drinking or doing anything like that. Um, did that stick with you throughout your life when you were, Chad, when you were, um, you know, throughout your career, why, why was it never attractive to you? Because, you know, you got more famous, got more money, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it, you know, I've, I'll admit, I've been out with some of the guys that are on that team now, and they can have a good time. It's tempting. Right. No, it's, it's not tempting at all. Is that, I mean, I don't, even, I don't even want to call it discipline. It's just something I just wasn't interested in. Yeah. Like, say, I'm, I, I, dog, it's expensive. It is. I, you can check no, my I'm, bank I'm account. Serious. It is. It's this funny thing. I, I had a budget that I stuck to, and yeah. I never went over that budget. And just the thought of, of adding alcohol to, that, alcohol to that budget, it would just, it's, 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 I don't want to say dumb because there are people that do it. I'm just saying for me. Yeah. I did what works for me and alcohol just wasn't it. It's, it's really hard to put into words because nobody would understand. Right. And I think that's, and Chris, you can touch on, on this with me. What you just said, it's like it's a choice for everyone. And when it comes to mental health, living fully present in the moment, it is what's best for you. Just taking it and run with it. And, and for us three, sober life, that works for us. You saw benefits from that, obviously, when you stopped drinking and then you were able to get into your career as a counselor and then open Sands Bar. How life-changing was that to just see that mindset change inside your own head? Oh, it was, it was everything. Uh, just to see that I could take an idea and believe in myself enough to take that in $200 and make a business out of it over a couple of years. It's been amazing. Yeah, and, and I want to talk about now life after football for you, Chad. Um, 
you've done a lot. You don't stop. I don't know how you made it here. You're in Miami, LA. You got uh, your Unk podcast with, with Shannon Sharp now. Each week, you're doing the Madden rankings. You're going to be honored here, like we said, in the Ring of Honor on Monday. How do you keep that competitive edge to keep going after your career? I think, at, well, during my career, I kind of set myself up for everything I'm doing now. Yeah. And so it made the transition somewhat easy to be able to, to integrate myself in different spaces that I'm familiar with without it having to feel like I'm still working. Mm -hmm. I still feel retired. Yeah. So I do just enough to where it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, and, and it looks like you're enjoying it, having yeah. a lot of fun. Is there a favorite thing that you do now besides sitting on this stage talking with Bengals fans and us right now? Is there a favorite, uh, you know, the show? Um, obviously, the Ring of Honor is going to be a huge thing yeah. for your life, but is there something that you really point to now that you've been done playing? Um, the cigar I like, business. I like, I like texting Zach Taylor <laughs> <laughs> to bring me back. Yeah. You no, know, like three, four in the morning. I bother him every time just, just to see what he'll say, and that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> what, uh, what day of the week is this? An each, each Saturday night before game day I, thing? I do, I do Tuesdays. Okay. Oh, it's yeah. a player off day, so off that day, helps. So he's off, yeah. That's, that's hilarious. Uh, can you throw the ball? Can you play quarterback if we need it? No, I can kick, though. Okay, I know. I've seen that. Yeah. You got a hell of a leg. Yeah. <laughs> um, this experience of uh, being able to, to be with everybody, and you've had a day today. You had a, a, a workout earlier at 11. Like we said, Bengals Ring of Honor later tonight or later this weekend. Um, what has been your favorite part connecting with the fans? I, I think I had a friend in college that, that maybe picked you up from the airport yeah. and brought you to McDonald's yeah. to, get, to get a meal. Yeah. You interact just as there's no private jets. There's no big, I mean, you'll go eat at Ruby's. Like, don't lie to me on that every one. Blue, every blue moon. You go eat at Ruby's. You have to. But... Your, your McDonald's philosophy and your budgeting philosophy, no private jets, I think it just speaks to being in that moment and living the best life how you want to live it. It just, one of the things I think us as players, we do, we get lost in the sauce. Yeah. You, you, you get a, a boatload of money coming out of college and all of a sudden you think you have to live a certain lifestyle, you have to live a certain way, drive a certain car. And I try to get, I try to talk to most of the players. If you can get yourself, your name, if you can get your career, or the way you play on the field, if you can get your name bigger than anything that you can purchase, mm -hmm. it makes no sense because then the value is you, yep. not what you're buying. So I would tell them all the time, by the time I got to year four, there was no need in me to drive a Lamborghini. There yeah. was no need to have a Ferrari. There's no need for me to drive private. I'm Ocho. What's the point? <laughs> I mean, if, they, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get so it. I, just, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's weird. We, we put the value in some of the, the monetary value things or the accessories that really hold no true value because the true value is just you in itself yeah and that's like your your mindset you feel i feel like you're a preacher up here <laughs> just kind of giving great advice and going through your career um if i can on the mental health side of things what were um some of the hardest things that you had to go through throughout your playing career that that affected your mental health and you had to power through living in that moment you know what the funny thing about it during my playing days I, w I had on blinders. Really nothing bothered me because if I couldn't control it, if it was out of my control, yeah. I didn't worry about it. Okay. And everything, any issues going on the outside or noise from media, if, we did, if I had a bad game, any of that stuff, it's like water off a duck's back. Yeah. I ignore it, back to work, and, and, and try it again. So as far as my mental health goes, I was always in a great state, which is why I was always smiling and always having yeah. fun. You know, whether we were losing or winning, I just made sure to keep that light, that light and that engine mm -hmm. going every time. Well, you got the uh, million-dollar smile still mm -hmm. looking good now. Uh, Chris, we are going to make a very – or we're not going to. We're going to watch you do it because you're the expert. A very special drink for Ocho. Can you walk us through that real quick, what we're going to see? Yeah, so uh, I own a bar in Austin, and uh, it's an alcohol-free bar, so all we do is 
totally alcohol-free drinks, beers, wines, and spirits. And I thought it would be fitting to uh, make a drink to honor the legend. legend. I like it. I like All right, it. awesome. Well, I think you're going to step behind the bar. We can uh, filibuster for a second while you get set up. Um, what are the other weekend plans here, Chad? Um, the missus. I'm, I'm, not sure where she, I'm not sure where she is. Staying cool. Yeah, she's staying cool. Um, after this, I want to go watch Colorado and Oregon play. I want to yep. see. I want to watch pre. I want to watch Prime. Um, after that, uh, Waffle House in Covington. Okay, great spot. Yeah, sausage egg and cheese, raisin on oh, raisin bread. You ever had that? I have not. With orange juice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I, I might go to Ruby's tonight because all the kids will be here. My daughter's at University of Kentucky running track, so she's coming down later on. That's awesome. So that's, a nice, that's a nice family affair. Chris, when you're ready, just give me a thumbs up, and I'll pass it over to you. You're good to go. I think we're ready to go. Ocho Cinco Zero. Moment of truth. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. That works. That's good. You know what? It, you know what it remind me of? When I was a little kid. I mean, I'm not sure, based on age. Any of y'all remember Tang? Oh, yeah. Oh, Remember tang? tang? tang, tang. Little, little Tang action, little tang, citrus. Yeah. Little tang. There you go. Y'all had Tang for real? Y'all, <laughs> oh, y'all, oh. <laughs> they old. Uh, tang's still popular. <laughs> yeah, that is really good. That's good. Hydra hydrating, too. There you go. Fresh. How about a round of applause for Chris making the Ocho Cinco Zero? We're going to make our way back over here to the seats here and uh, do a little bit of Q&A in just a sec. I do want to do this story real quick, though, since we're doing so much of the Ocho Cinco name. I love this backstory. Would you mind telling? Oh, they, the, don't, they don't know why? I think some Bengals fans do for sure, but I just love that backstory of, of the pre-game pre practice. Yeah. But it was Carson's idea, right? Yeah, it was Carson. That was Jordan Palmer's idea. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So um, I don't, the Ocho Cinco name, how it came about. Um, we were playing Atlanta Falcons that week. Obviously, it's Spanish Heritage Month in the month of September. And Jordan Palmer comes up with this idea, oh, you should put Ocho Cinco on the back of your jersey. I'm like, no, that's stupid. Why would I do that? Then he said, well, it's Spanish, Spanish Heritage Month. So I had uh, Rex. Rex was our equipment guy at the time. I had him make up the, the name tag Ocho Cinco with Velcro on the seat, over the seat Johnson. So I go out for pregame against the Falcons, and I warm up with Ocho Cinco on the back. Mm -hmm. And right before kickoff, Carson tears it off. Yep. So the game ends. The next morning, I get a fine from the, a fine from the NFL for $30,000. i am like, it says, altering the NFL uniform. And then I appealed it, and they, they didn't give me the appeal. So they took 30000 So what I did was I waited till the end of the season, and I went to court. I changed my name for real to force the NFL to put it on all my jerseys. And made some money off yeah. that, too. <laughs> it's like, um, I'm not trying to curse. It was like a F you to them just for being, just for being mean. So... It turned out like a, a way to, to get back at the NFL, but it turned into a brand after that, and I just I just it just took off. It's been amazing since it's turned into a, a marketing miracle. Do we have questions in the crowd? I'm trying to find we, Matt. We got one right here to start us off. All right, give us your name and where you're from. Gabe, I, I'm from um, Cincinnati. All right, what's your question, buddy? What What's your favorite video game? My favorite video game is FIFA, and if you'd like to lose to me, we can play after this. <laughs> All right, other questions? Get your hand up. Matt's going to work around the crowd right here. Anybody going to the game on Monday? All right. There we go. A big who day. All right, give me your name and where you're from. Hey, Chad. Randy, originally from L.A., just moved to Cincinnati a year ago. You're the man, by the way. Thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Uh, who's the toughest DB you ever faced? Revis. 
Revis, he's the only one. He's the only one got lucky in those 11 years. He's the only one. Yeah, he played, he played really well. He, he, was a, he was a beast, man. There's really no way to explain it. Just something about that 2009 season he had, probably the best ever. If I can piggyback off that before this next question, you're trash talking. I know this is a clean show we're doing here, but there's no one that did it better. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. It was, it was, I call it playing mental gymnastics. Yeah. If, I can get you, if I can get in your head, that gives me an edge mentally. Yep. Now, obviously, I was, so, I was so little. Physically, I wasn't imposing at all. But if I can get the mental edge on you by talking trash, if I can get you to talk back, yep. I know I got you. Well, if anyone is bored later tonight or wants a good laugh, go watch NFL Films on uh, YouTube and you have Chad mic'd up. All right, let's go back over here. Name and where you're from. Hello, my name is Drew, and I'm from Cincinnati. Um, Chad, when you heard that you were going to be inducted into the Bengals' Ring of Honor, how did you feel? I felt good. I felt good. When um, I talked to Mike Brown in the office, I said, the first thing I asked, what name would go in the stadium? Would it be Johnson or Ocho Cinco? And he didn't give me an answer, so I'm going to see what that answer is, you know, come Monday. <laughs> and then I asked about putting a statue out front, and that didn't go over so well. <laughs> That's, oh, do you ever, uh, what would you prefer? I, I like the statue out front. Okay. <laughs> I'll pay for it. All right, there you go. But that, that can be pretty expensive. For a statue out front, Worth that's it, fine. worth it. All yeah, right, cool. Worth it. All right, let's go right back here. Give me your name and where you're from. My name is Layla Compton, and I'm from North, uh, North, bleh, Jacksonville, North Carolina. And who was your favorite mentor when you joined the NFL? My favorite Favorite mentor when you got into the NFL? My favorite mentor, the funny thing about it, I don't know if you would know who it is. My mentor back then was, was Ray Lewis. Mm. Was Ray Lewis. It, the, the, the funny thing, I mean, obviously you guys wouldn't know about it, but for 10 years straight, at 10 a.m. on Sundays, Ray and I always did a scripture. Regardless of who we were, whether we were playing each other or not, we always we did a scripture, and he said a word before every game. And the funny thing about it is when we play them, we would do a scripture, he would give me a word, and then he'd try to hurt me on the field. Which just, it made, it made no sense. But, I mean, he's a very, very good friend of mine, man, and, and kept my head on straight during my playing days. Did he have a couple good pops on you? Huh? Did he what? <laughs> Did he have a couple yes. good pops? <laughs> yes, yeah. All right, Matt, where are you at? Right over here. All right, cool. Name and where are you from? My name's John, and um, I happen to be a Bronco fan, but I'm... You happen to be a who? Bronco fan. I'm sorry about that. I yeah. am, too. <laughs> I am, too. But uh, tell us a little bit about that night, uh, that Monday night, when you had the two or three touchdowns against Champ. Uh, okay, okay. I, I was a baby back then. I think, I think that might have been the 05 year, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 04. But uh, Champ, at the time, one of the greatest DBs to ever play. And um, it was, it, was a, it was an unbelievable night, you know, um, to, be, to have success against someone of that magnitude that I looked up to as a DB was, was it, it, it meant a lot. It meant a lot. He was very upset after that game. Very upset. It was funny. Do you have a favorite game? If you can look back and pick one, I know it's tough. Favorite game? No, not really. Yeah. No. All right, I got another question after we get from the crowd. Name where you're from. My name is Carly Markham, and I'm from Cincinnati. And my question is, if you could go back in time, like from when you were playing with the Bengals, what team would you face and why? If, I could go if back you could go time, back, what team would you face and why, right? Yeah. yeah. Probably um, back then, the 2000s, probably the Bengals, the Bengals or Ravens. I mean, Steelers or Ravens again. Yeah. Yeah. They were really mean. <laughs> no, like they weren't nice people, for real. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously. There was a, there was, there was, there was a true hate 
you know, um, the players, they didn't get along. The they screaming at each other, cussing at each other, and I'm the only one on the field screaming, I love you to James Harrison. Like, it's like, it's, it's weird. They, they know they really hate each other. Yeah. Like, for real. It's, it's weird. It was a passionate rivalry. Still is. You have moments. Um, waiting for one more question. I'll, I'll ask you this. You had many great TD celebrations. You proposed to a Bengal, I believe. She you said yes. She did say yes. She said yes. So what a, what a moment for both of you. Um, you had your own Hall of Fame jacket right. that you put on. Um, I think you had your own Tiger Woods moment, putting it in. Yeah. Do you have a favorite one? The favorite one I never got to do. I never got to do it. We were playing Kansas City in Kansas City. Anybody remember um, the easy button from the Staples commercial? Yeah. Yeah, I put the easy button under the goalposts, the north and south end zones when we were playing Kansas City, and I was hoping to score yeah. and pull the easy button out and run to Carson and have him hit it. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't get a chance to score that game. Did you get and the, that, was, that was about it. Did that you get was, that idea from, was it Joe Horn that pulled out the cell phone in New Orleans? Orleans? Yeah, I yeah. Think this might have been before that. This okay. Might, yeah, this might have been way All right, you're that. original. I didn't want to think yeah. that you were copying off somebody. No. All right. Name and where are you from? Hi, my name's Alex. I'm from Cincinnati. Uh, Chad, love watching you and Hushman Zada play back in the day. Um, do you have a favorite pair of sneakers? Um, favorite pair of sneakers, Air Force Ones. They go with everything. Doesn't matter what yeah. you're wearing. Just pair of Air Force Ones. Pretty clean sneakers. Yeah. Yeah. It's Good simple. look. We got any questions for Chris as well. Um, I know we're doing a lot of football ones. Obviously, we want to hit on the. Uh, Fully present living as well. Fun football questions too, though. Right back here in the front row, name and where you're from. My name is William. I'm from Cincinnati. Chris, I wanted to ask you how was how was the transition from the friends that were drinking to your new sober friends, That's and what and what was your pivotal moment that you decided I have to go a different way? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was a uh, like I said, really young when I stopped drinking, and I noticed that there was a lot of friends who just fell away because they were just for there for the party and in a moment like that you find out who your friends are and so uh, there was a point where it was uncomfortable but then I found all these new friends who were about being president taking care of their body and it changed everything I was able to connect with the community of people who were all about living a positive life so that's a great question yeah great question there and Chad just finished the drink I think it's pretty good right that Ocho Cinco Zero good. yeah Chris, a couple more questions from you from the crowd. Uh, what are some other great drinks you make and some other flavors you like to use? Uh, I'm a big fan of anything with ginger. So anything like ginger beer. I like watermelon, mint, and ginger beer together. Uh, I think you can just play with all these great ingredients and really make something fun. I believe drinks are a part of celebration, and just because you don't drink does not mean you cannot have a fun celebratory drink. Awesome. Yep. I, and if I could piggyback off that, I mean, I've experienced it the last seven months. The same people that would hand me a beer or hand me a shot of, of tequila, like that's not, that's not alcohol-free. Um, same people that are handing me a Powerade or an NA beer. People that you love and you trust, they're going to appreciate whatever decision you make. All right, back to questions. See one in the third row over here, front row. All right, name and where you're from. Garrett um, from Cincinnati. Uh, Chad, how was it um, like having to deal with adversity going from Cincinnati to New England, learning a new playbook and just dealing with Coach Belichick and Brady? <laughs> um, that transition was it was difficult. It was difficult because it, it wasn't in my in my hands at that time. Most, I mean, the way the NFL works in general, when a receiver hits a certain age and you get to year ten, you they they, they move regardless, no matter who it is. And, you know, year ten is is the mark. Honestly, I wouldn't have went to New England. Honestly, even though it is Tom Brady, I just understood 
the way that system works over there, everything is run from the inside out. So unless you're a slot receiver, you're not going to touch the ball often. The playbook, it was, it was, it was okay. The scheme or plays don't change from team to team, just the way you call it. That's it. There's no difference. But it was fun. The environment, Bill, Ch Bill Belichick is exactly who you see on TV. He's no different. Um, a lot of people ask me what it's like playing there. I've never been to the military. I've never been to the Army. But that's exactly what it's like. No, no, I'm serious. In a, in a good way. That's why they're, they're, they, they win all the time, in a, in a good way. We got about 10 more minutes here of Q&A. I do want to piggyback off that if I can. When it comes to living fully present in the moment and your mental health, you're a guy that didn't like to follow the rules. You like to do your own thing. You like to be yourself. But when you got to New England, I, I, I think you had to be yourself. You couldn't maybe be yourself because of like what you just mentioned with Coach Belichick. Was that hard on you mentally or was it a sacrifice for you to win with them? I understood. I mean, they have a thing called the Patriot Way, and you just already know. Nobody has explained it to you. It's just once you walk in the building, you see the way things are done. Yeah. We know there's no room for that. I mean, think about think about Tom Brady. All of all of us have followed Tom Brady throughout the years. Think about the Tom Brady you saw in New England, and think about the fun, energetic, um, entertaining Brady you saw in Tampa. Yeah. He's on social media, having fun, making jokes. He's on yeah. TikTok. So you just you just know there's certain th certain stuff you can't do. Tom didn't even do it until he got out of there. So that just that tells you, even I, I would be expendable. Yeah, I would be expendable if I try that stuff. Yep. All right, more questions here. I see one in a red jersey. Name and where you're from. Hi, I'm Blake, and I'm from Kentucky. Last season when they did the coin flip, how did you feel, and did you actually pay the fine? Uh, the coin flip was an idea of mine that I tweeted out. I thought it would be funny. Since the NFL wanted to be rude and mean, um, it was really dope when it when it happened. I tweeted it out and I gave Joe I gave, I gave Joe back the money. That's awesome. All right, next question. Name and where you're from. Maya and I'm from Indiana. Are you saying that you like the drink because you're getting paid for this, or do you actually like it? I think the question was, are you saying you don't like to drink because you're... She said, is he saying that he likes the drink? Oh, because oh. he's, he's getting, getting paid for it. They're asking if you like the drink because you're being paid to be here. You like this drink. No, it's good, right? No, no, it was good. It was good. It tastes like Tang. I'm serious. I'm serious. We got to get her samples. All right, next question. Name where you're from. Um, I'm Kiana, and I was wondering if you came up with your name or if, like, one of your friends came up with your nickname. Which one? The Ocho Cinco? Yeah. No, it was my jersey number. Yeah, it was my jersey number. And it also has transitioned into your cigar business, too. Yes, it has. It has. I'm a big cigar guy myself, so we might have to figure that out okay. this weekend. I got you. All right. What do we got here? My name is Matthew, and I'm from Cincinnati. Um, I actually work at the Bengals Pro Shop. I want to know your opinion about the Bengals Pro Shop. What do you say? He said he works at the Bengals Pro Shop, would like your opinion of the Bengals Pro Shop. I'm not sure. I mean, the Bengals Pro Shop has always been good to me. I'm, uh, yeah. All right, simple answer. Uh, next question. Um, I'm from northern Kentucky, but I go to UK, so I was wondering um, when you're going to watch your daughter for track. Wait, when am I going to? When are you going to go down and watch your track. daughter run well, track? Well, I'm not going to watch. When I do go down there, I'm going to practice with the team. Because I, I want to show the athletes that are there that I'm still faster than everybody. <laughs> so um, I think I'll be there maybe in two weeks. Right now I'm busy all over the place. But when I do get there, Coach Lonnie, Coach Lonnie knows I'm coming to run. Am I, am I remembering this right? Did you try to race a cheetah at the Cincinnati Zoo one year? No. No? I don't know why I thought you did. No. A horse, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you win? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. 
Why had a head start though? Ah, all right, okay. What we got here? Hi, my name is Azador, and I'm from Cincinnati. And there's been a question that I've been wanting to ask you for a long time. So you played in the NFL for over a decade, and I know you played in the CFL with Montreal. What like what was the experiences, and how did you adapt from the NFL style to the CFL style? I mean, obviously the CFL, the field was a little bit wider. Uh, one of the surprising things when I got to the CFL is the talent level. The talent level, obviously, with me having no, no knowledgeable information or actually watching or playing it, you know, the guys in the CFL actually look no different than the guys in the NFL. Obviously, you have your top players, your top tier, top tier players, obviously, but then there are guys that are first and second string that can actually play down south here. And I always ask the question, what are you doing here? And then it all comes down to numbers and opportunity. And they, that, that was one of, the, one of the things about the CFL that I learned really quick is the talent level is just about the same except, except for your very, very top guys that are, that are the best at what they do here. We got time for one more, I think, and we're going to wrap it up with this question right here. Name and where you're from. Hi, Chad. Uh, Anthony from Cincinnati. Uh, Anthony, I, I fucking love you. <laughs> I forgot the bleep button on that one. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> hey, I love you, too. Thanks for everything you've done for the fans over the years. Um, I wanted to uh, have you elaborate a little. I always thought it was interesting that you lived in the stadium for a couple of years. I wanted you to kind of elaborate on that and who found out you were living there and how, were, uh, how receptive they were to that. Well, well, honestly, management doesn't come down to the locker room very often. And then you have to think, you, you practice, you got meetings at 9, you got walkthrough, you go to lunch, you practice, what, 2 to 4, and after that, everybody goes home. Coaches are still upstairs, but there's no need for coaches to be roaming around downstairs yeah. you know, after hours. So it's, it's pretty easy. Players hang around, you linger for a little bit. But then I can go out, I can come back, I have a gate code. And the players' lounge, when I tell you, Anthony, it has everything. It has, it has everything. The stadium has everything. Like, why am I wasting money renting a place? It, it just made no sense, because everything was there. Thank you guys so much for all your questions here. I got a couple more for, for Chad and Chris as we wrap up. Give this an opportunity for both of you to answer this. Um, advice. Wait a minute. Yep. Excuse me, sir, with the Oregon Duck jersey. Shirt, you're going down today. <laughs> Big prime guy. Yeah. You guys have had some have had some good battles on set, on, on the field. Yeah, it's been yeah, fun to watch. Um, final question for me for both of you, but I like to ask this at the end of my show each time I have a different guest on. I've been lucky enough to have Coach Taylor, Ricky Williams, Ryan Shazier, different athletes and celebrities on who have gone through their mental health battles or, or want to live fully present in the moment. What advice would you give to someone in this audience today that maybe is struggling to live in that moment? or to, to put down maybe that drinking habit, or just someone that needs that extra urge or courage to go out and get some help or motivation to take control and live fully present in the moment? Uh, reach out, talk to someone. Uh, someone. Someone sitting here today knows someone that's struggling with mental health or substance mm -hmm. use, or both. And we only can change things when we normalize it, we can only normalize when we talk about it. So reach out to someone, tell them that you're struggling and uh, there's resources in every city and state there's there's a way to to make that community and make that connection as far as mental health goes and those that may be struggling with alcohol abuse uh, or anything like that if you don't have the discipline it all comes down to the people in your company the people around you the people around you if they if, they, if they're not trying to help you if they're not uplifting you or they bring you down you know, that, that's, that's all it is. And I think, obviously, during my days, I was one that had, I already had discipline. So regardless right. of my surroundings or regardless of who I was with, I was able, you know, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't go into those things. But 
for those who do have a problem with it, check your friends. It's, it's normally the people that's closest to you. Yep. And if I can add two things to that, I tell people two things every time when it comes to mental health. Number one, do something. Call your friend. Call your mom. Call your therapist. Just do something. And two, feelings are temporary. If you're in a bad spot, you're depressed, you're sad, you're mad, you're angry, you might not see it in that moment, but right. I promise those feelings will pass mm -hmm. and you'll be able to move on in life and be happy again. Let's give a round of applause to Chris Marshall from Sands Bar and Chad Ochocinco Johnson going into the Bengals Ring of Honor this weekend. Thank you guys so much for coming out. I'm going to be hanging out here for a little bit, but we'll see you guys. Am I, are we leaving? We're done? We're done. Already? We're done. You, I mean... Baby, are we done? Right? Yes? Oh, I'm sorry. I love you. Call me <laughs> if you need me. My number's still the same. Thank you, guys. And that was such a fun event with Chad, and I love that conversation, him really opening up about why he's never drank alcohol in his life, mentioning how his mother was an alcoholic, but also talking about, obviously, it can be expensive. I just love all the stories Chad has from his playing days with the Bengals and then also off the field with the fans in Cincinnati. I can't thank Chad, Chris, and the Kroger Wellness Festival enough for having the mental game out and for that awesome, amazing conversation. And thanks to all of you who came out to watch it live in person in downtown Cincinnati. Next week, we have a very, very special episode here on The Mental Game. It is World Mental Health Day on October 10th, and I have one of my biggest guests ever joining us. That is your one hint. I'm in Los Angeles shooting all week, so we'll see you right back here next week on The Mental Game. Mm -hmm.